Never sit in a doctor's office again. If you hate going to the doctor, check out ZoomCare. ZoomCare allows you to take a visit to your doctor's office from the comfort of your couch. You can see, hear, and chat with your doctor just like a traditional office visit. Get secure access to urgent, primary, and specialist care, including mental health. ZoomCare is covered by most private insurers, usually with a copay. So visit ZoomCare.com to get started. That's Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Losers Lounge here. Back to back Losers Lounges. This one a painful one, man. This might have been. This might be the worst, toughest Losers Lounge of the season. I don't know. I can't remember. I, I tend to like forget losses. Well, it was so darn close to a winners lounge. Um, it was so close, and uh, so close to not just a winners lounge, but a really hype night. A really hype one for sure. And by the, we wanted Jamal Murray to play better. That was stardom, super stardom that was stuff. Bubble Murray, man. The stuff you're hoping to see, not just good but great, uh, to let it slip away. Yeah, it's gut wrenching. I got a lot of takes on this, but first, of course, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Brennan Vote, Devalier Johnson, not even giving you guys a second to, unless you have something to say. Hey. <laughs> Nothing. How are you doing, Dev? <laughs> you guys don't know. Take you behind the scenes a little bit of the DNVR process. Dev, when the show is on, speaks. <laughs> when the show, when the game is on, no speaking. Dead silent. I'm just, I'm not really a talker. That's just like my, my personality is not a talker. Unless and I you're know for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a gamer. I'm a gamer. That's just what I am. Like Some people are just different than what they are when the lights come on. I'm a, I'm a gamer. There you go. Silent assassin. So, I mean, to kind of break down what happened in this game, the Nuggets up big. 20 points they were up going into the final seconds of the first quarter. They give up a three, like whatever. Up 17 points. The bench unit comes in and that, you know, to end the first and start the second. They actually had a good start to the, the, the end of the first quarter when they first came in. Start of the second quarter, just get absolutely obliterated. Starters come back in, can't stop the bleeding. Denver allows 46 points. There, We always focus on end-of-game stuff, and, and look, we're going to talk a lot about the end-of-game. To me, though, you can complain about a foul call. You can complain about lineups, rotation, challenges, whatever you want to complain about. 46 points in the second quarter. Like, Do you remember when Denver gave up 50 points to Golden State a couple years back at, at home? And it, oh, I yeah. felt like it was the greatest display of dominance I've ever seen. Denver almost allowed that to happen to Washington tonight. They almost got, they got dominated worse because I think in that game Denver at least scored like thirty five points. Anyone want to guess how many bench points Washington had? I don't know if you looked. Oof, oh no, seventy one. Well, a lot of these are Bertans, but uh, even without Denver's, him, to Denver's thirty five, and a lot of that, of course, was the second quarter bench came in and and the entire floor dropped out. Dev. I mean, that's easily the, the the impact of the game. Like for them to lose momentum like that in the second quarter. Um, and then expect the, the starters to come in after one team has all of the momentum. Like, there's just no way you could stop a freight train from from coming at you. And, I mean, the, the Nuggets starters tried everything that they could to slow things down. Um, it ended the, the half on a bad note. But they, they fought back to get into this game. So if you look back and they lose this game by a hair, that's where you got to, like, start with. And that, that was the story of the game. Yeah, I mean, it really was. That second quarter, Jokic was phenomenal to open this game, picked up right where he left off. He was good the rest of the way. He went through a little bit of a lull, but he wasn't yeah. great. And I felt like he lost something. Frustration, I think, a lot of fr- played with a lot of frustration down the stretch, some bad defensive blunders, and, and, and there's that. But at the same time, he had 33 points today. Like it's, it's not on Jokic. Late in the game, Jamal Murray, who I thought had moments in this one, a little up and down. Game on the line, and it's time for him to go to bubble form, and he did. And I'm telling you, there's something. This is, I guess, maybe I should save my Murray take because it's a real positive one. I mean, it's a real, it's a complicated one, but I do think there's something too. When Murray's looking to score, he scores like anybody else in the NBA. When he's looking to do every anything else, you know, it's mixed results. It's inconsistent, and I think there's something there. But before we get there, just Dev, where do what do you blame this loss on? Like, where do you think? All attention should be pointed towards that second quarter. Like you, it's it's you can't hide from it. Like that is the actual. Like they were up twenty points, they go down five going into the half. Like that's the full game. Oh um, man, you can't say anything about it. execution. You couldn't be able to, to to say anything about what how it ended so true, because yeah. they were up by twenty at one point and allowed the team to come back as soon as the starters went out of the game. 
Like that is just very, very rough. And that's why it's also we, we've talked about how important it is for certain people to be in certain groups. You take one guy out of the group, it changes the whole dynamic of that second, like that second unit. That's why it's so important for teams to be healthy and, and for guys to come back, because one thing that changes, like changes the aspect of the, the full game. This is a game that. I know that people are not going to think about it, but this is a game that Millsap would have been great yeah. because it just it switches things. It, it gives a, a different change of pace. Yeah. Well, especially because Jermichael Green had, had ultimately a tough game. I mean, you look at the box score, it's not that bad. Uh, to switch it up, Dev, for the sake of variety, I will focus on execution, late games, and end-of-game stuff. You know, his foul on Davis Bertans was not even his guy, and, and I think he understandably assumed that MPJ maybe wouldn't be there. Mm. Um, MPJ kind of was that time, and, and Green commits the foul, and the late game situation, it's really, really easy to pin it on him. I kind of get where his head is at in that moment. But, um, I mean, I don't, look, we, I think he deserves a lot of criticism for, right. for this game. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're, you're right, the context of it is all these other things happen, and there's a lot of pieces, but when you get to a tie game, after clawing your way out, I mean, they were down double digits with like two minutes to go. It was a very quick Jamal Murray flurry to kind of get them back to even in this game. All you have to do is play smart basketball. I mean, we think about this last year in the playoffs, the most painful moment of, May, of maybe one of the most painful moments of the whole season. Denver looks like they're about to split with the Lakers, and you just have a defensive player check in that just makes a boneheaded play and gives up a wide open three. This was like that. Now, people are arguing, and I, and I know there's, a, there's an argument to be had about whether or not that was a foul. It's tough. I hate the NBA more than anybody else with how they call fouls on shooters because it's just like all graces go towards the shooter. You have to like give so much room and it's so hard to contest. And Breton sticks the leg out a little bit, not to the side. You know, sometimes guys will stick it out to the side. They'll call offensive. He sticks it out a little bit. He kind of jumps forward a little bit. Like both guys, when Jamichael Green or when Bertans jumps and Jamichael jumps, it doesn't look like they should make contact with each other, but Bertans adjusts a little bit. I just don't think you can count on that call in that moment. That's that, that's right, that's where right. I would go with this. Is it a bad call? All, I would bet the last two-minute report tomorrow says no, good call. I think that the argument is he didn't allow the, the shooter to come down, right. especially with Bertans going berserk. Like he, he, yeah. just, he went nuclear, right. so he overplayed it, and he didn't allow him to come down, so that's where, where it's going to come. Plus, momentum kept going with him. It wasn't like Jermichael tried to do anything. He, he, he tried to get out of the way, but the momentum went with the shooter, so – Although Bertans did do it, like like push his leg out, it was the right like call for the referee in my opinion. I do have to give credit to Scotty Brooks like for that call. Like that is a very difficult play for the Nuggets to be in. You have Russell Westbrook, you have Bradley Beal, and then you have this guy that has had an amazing game. And you decide to go with the guy that's the hot hand. You you, right. you wrote the hot hand and let him. Well, it kind of just fell into his lap. I think they ran some action, couldn't get it, and it's a scrambled play, and yep. that's part of where the chaos was. I will say on that play, and I watched it a couple times. Michael Porter's on Bertans, and you're right that Jermichael Green kind of runs over. I don't think it was out of like non-trust for Michael Porter. I think it was that there was like two seconds on the shot clock. Okay. There was no time, and sure. Bradley Beal's trying to get a shot off Kent, kind of gives a grenade to Bertans, and he kind of lunges over at him. But had he not done that, I actually don't know that MPJ was in position to contest that. I think Bertans gets a look off. Like, he's in, in position to run at him and put a hand in his chest, but not in a way that was going to affect right. the shot. Right. So to me, it looked like it was a little... Um, I have one more note for you guys on that end of game situation. I mean, more than one. But while we're here, uh, Faku in for Gary. Yeah, in I that know. Final possession. I can't necessarily point to that decision and say it cost them, but a curious decision nonetheless. Dev, do you have just sort of thoughts on it? In general? No, especially if Gary Harris is like supposed to be your defender, you would try to put them both on the court if you're going to go with that. But for for you to switch off Gary and, and, and to put Faku on, maybe it does say something else. Like maybe you know, like he wasn't feeling well throughout the game or. Um, you just don't trust him quite yet uh, to make a, a defensive play. But, I mean, he played for the entire game. You, you kind of got to trust him there. I, I mean, I strongly agree. Gary's earned it. I mean, Gary it's, is it's like – Part bizarre. of this is just yeah. about reputation. Like, if Jokic missed a shot, you wouldn't say, well, we're not going to Jokic down the stretch. It's like you've earned it. But that being said, I like for Composo on there as well. His yeah. defense is elite. Right. And, like, in that moment specifically, he's heady, he's quick. I also want him out there. He, you stuck with Michael Porter in this one, and maybe some of that was just for size or size what have maybe, you. But, yeah. you know, when you're t if you're just talking about you have – 30 seconds, or I don't know what it was, 15 seconds to defend. You can't give up a mistake. Like, who do you want on the court? Right, Michael right. Porter's maybe last on that. Right. And again, you know, he ran out. It. I, I'm not trying to say that was his fault mm. or anything like this, but 
you know, I definitely could have seen both guys being out there. I will say, though, I'm not surprised Composo was on the court there. And tell me if this is something or nothing, but Malone did use his challenge early in this game, in the second quarter, on a foul call on Composo that saved free throws. So it wasn't that it didn't it didn't do anything. It was on a shot. It was on a shot. But Malone used the challenge that early on a play that didn't mean that much. In fact, Washington got the ball out of bounds. You effectively saved. You know, Russell Westbrook going to the line is like point is like one point seven points if he goes to the line, right? Meaning he probably hits two, but maybe he hits one. It, you get a stop, and now they get the ball out of bounds. You know, their offensive rating about one point two. You saved about one point two. So you really made a difference of point five points. So, you know, like if you just look at the odds, you save 0.5 points and it's the second quarter. I think it's something. I think Malone loves this guy. I think he loves this him. It's just like Mason Plumlee in, in guard form a little. Yeah. Uh, just like, yeah, he, he gives everything he has, every possession, every defensive possession. And I think Malone is going to respond to that. It's certainly a questionable call, especially when you have a player like Nikola Jokic, who's your best player, that makes like weird calls and the, the refs actually play right, him awkward. Right. So, I would assume that whenever you do make a call, it is to try to save your best player and to keep him on the floor. So for it to be on Faku, which I've actually like been seeing, he he always makes a, a, like one for Faku. That's yeah. like the third one this yeah, year that he's sure. used on Faku, right. and it's like the timing in the game. It like okay, they started to get momentum, but it wasn't a, like a, a something that was changing the game. Like like you said, it was going to be like one one point really is yeah. what is going to change. Less than a point. It's not doing anything saved. for you in the long haul. And there was a lot of times that you could have used that. We've seen the last play of the game. That's right. something that you could actually go with and say. You could have challenged hey, the three that. point shot. You never know. Right. You know. For the record, I don't think they win either of those challenges. I agree. But I, agree. I, I understand what you're Ref, saying, especially like a last two minute report. I feel like they like still err a little like 60-40 on the side of like let's just give our referees right. the break. Right. But on a review, it's like 70-30. Like you maybe 80-20. Mm-hmm. On a call like that, it better be obviously the wrong call for them to overturn it or else they're going to they're going to stick with the call, but you know, it's tough, but it's just something to kind of keep an eye on I guess with with Composo here. Um you know, Jokic again if we go back to the first if we go back to the first quarter and try to talk about some of the positivity. Jokic picked up exactly where he literally. left off. I mean, literally six of six, five, five, uh, 15. 15 points. Just dominant. Looked like there was nothing they could do against him. Uh, early on in this game, I thought Michael Porter was as good as I had ever seen him defensively. And just like you could tell that he – we talk about when he does the little stuff the rest of the game comes to him. He gets 14 points tonight, which isn't – like for him, you know, we expect that. 14.7 rebounds. But I felt like most of his points actually just came off of like the right. flow of the game like – Hustle because he injected himself into the game. Dev called for this at the beginning of the game. We said, what would an MPJ game bounce back look like? The one that you're looking for. And Dev pretty much said exactly this, 15 and 7 and and the right approach. There were some horrible shots tonight, one, maybe two. Uh, One stands out particularly right now, the one where he's off balance from three and Mm. there's 11 seconds left on the shot clock. I thought he played a good game tonight. Really you did. do? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you think he played a good game tonight? I, I think that he did until he didn't. I, I agree. I think this that's is what, what it was. Right, yeah. But also, if you take away, to Vin, uh, Vote's point, if you take away those two, I, I have no idea why he shot those type of shots. Right. right. Then you would say that was not a bad game, and he was not unplayable. Like, he, he was making smart reads. He's helping help side. He's doing everything. Hustle, yeah. rebounding, doing right. everything that he needs. But then the first thing and the biggest thing that, like, comes in your mind is those two shots that really just was it was actually more than two shots but those two shots are the ones that stood out because he was trying to be aggressive but like you said the points came when he was in the flow of the offense and it was not forced soon as he started forcing right. and getting back to the right. Michael Porter Jr. ball that they're trying to get him away from is when it like was pressing that's when it became too much for him and you start to like see those flaws in his game if he plays within the flow of the offense it comes so much easier you have Nikola Jokic on your team and I'm going to give him, like, you know, a, a, not a pass, but, I, you know, we're talking about the game in the full context. If Michael Porter approaches every game the way he approached this one, I do think that that's how he's going to improve game by game. Like, right. this was better than the last one. No questions asked. And, and it, it's one of those things where did he make some mistakes? Did he take some bad shots? Yes. But you did enough of the other good stuff early on that I'm like, okay, just try to do that. I think Michael Porter tonight, what did he play? Probably 30... He gets 31 minutes. I would say he had 15 good and 15, you know, 15 good, 
10 mediocre, 5 like really bad and just get get that up a little bit more. You know, next game do the same thing but try to get try to get 20 great minutes in there. Well, well you could also see that it was a game that Malone did stick with them because he's out there on the last play. Yeah, like, he was out there. We know that Malone will pull you if you're not doing what you have to do. You're not playing defense, you're not making smart reads and, and things of that nature, especially with Michael Porter Jr., you will not be playing late in the game. So he did enough early on for him to still be a part of the game. If he doesn't take those two bad shots, we're thinking that this is an okay game from him. Yeah, and he'll find it. I know it's frustrating because I know Michael Porter is a volume scorer. Like he wants a lot of touches, a lot of shots, and a lot of rhythm, and he's not getting them. So that's like, oh, is this a time like trying to find like forced opportunities for him to get in it? But it takes, in my opinion, it takes a level of trust from him that those are going to come once the other, you know. Once you establish that you can do this other stuff consistently, um, you know Jamal Murray's game. We should talk about. <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Super Producer Kale. We should talk about Jamal Murray's conclusion here now because to me this is another big story. This is one of my big talking points, and I'm pretty sold on it. Jamal Murray's inconsistencies. I the more I watch, the more I analyze, the more I think it actually comes down quite a bit to what his role is on this team. I think he's a scorer. I don't think he's a point guard, and that doesn't. When people hear point guard, uh, you know, I think they like it's it's an insult. You're not a point guard; you're a scoring guard. Jamal Murray, when he's focused on scoring, does this so much. What he did tonight—I mean, how many points did he have in the fourth quarter alone? I don't even know. Was sixteen? Was it 21? twenty-one fourth yeah. quarter points? Wow! When he is zeroed in on scoring, and like he's not a guy that takes bad shots when he's trying to score. Like he still knows, like, okay, this I don't have it. Just get it out of my hands. I just want him focused on that. The other part, when I say point guarding, it's he's still running pick and roll. He's still doing a, you know even running fast breaks or whatever. I just want to have somebody that he can kick the ball to that steadies the offense. That right. he doesn't ever have to think about who hasn't touched the ball lately. What where's the mismatch? This, he doesn't have to think about that. He just has to think attack, attack and pick and roll. Make the shot. Get it to Jokic. Whatever. If not, don't think about anything else. Yeah. So in in football, this is like the thing that always comes to mind. The quarterback. Whenever there's a black quarterback, for, for, for some reason, they always say that they're running quarterbacks. So then the black quarterback chooses, I don't want to run. So I'm yeah, going to yeah. stay in the pocket and throw. Even though they're like the better runner. Like good at running, they're yeah. doing everything in the game, and it's like the most effective offense for them. And it just makes them go away from what's working. Jamal Murray is a scorer. He's not right. a point guard. But in his mind, he wants to prove that I could run an offense. I could do everything. I could put guys into spots. But no, what's best for you, what's best for the Nuggets is you scoring the ball. Bubble Murray only be, only came because he was scoring the basketball. Nobody remembers great passes from Murray in the bubble. Nobody cared about it. They wanted to see him score, and that was the way that they won those games. Be what you are. Michael Porter Jr. is a scorer. Score the basketball. Yeah. Be it, what you are. And, and honestly, like the, I think part of what get, the hangup here is what does it mean to be a scorer? Like he's a, you can almost label it he's a pick-and-roll point guard, and then you need like the – like. Game manager, right, right. Two play, yeah, yeah, like it's not that he's not a point guard; he's just a shooting guard. He's not JJ Redick. You're not trying to run him off screens. You want him in the pick and roll a lot, repeatedly. You just don't want him to have to spend any mental or physical energy on anything else other than like it's my time to go now, because he's so freaking good at it. Thirteen of twenty-five tonight, five of ten from three. Um, he even gets nine rebounds, six assists, a steal, and a block. Like. I, I honestly wonder what he would look like if he just never had to think about any other aspects of the offensive game. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think it's a big mystery that at times we've seen both Jamal and Jokic look prolific alongside either Monte or Faku. I really, really don't. If you're looking for positive takeaways from this game, there really is one. I mean, we finally got some evidence, which is what we're looking for here, like, Okay, maybe this is just who Murray is across regular seasons, and that's going to be frustrating. But I think at least six out of ten Nuggets fans right now would say, give me Jamal Murray in the playoffs. Right. Tonight was another reminder. Oh, it's winning time? I got you. Yeah. And by the end of that fourth quarter, he chucks up that bomb three to tie the game, and I'm thinking, that's in the whole right, way. Right. And that's Bubble Murray stuff. And that so was beautiful, too. Man. It, that's a long three. It's just nice to be reminded, yeah. not a hypothetical, not a myth. When it's winning time, we've seen Jamal Murray be this guy. More evidence that that's who he is. Let's take our first break. King of the game, sorry. We, have, we do have king of the game there, Kale. 35 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, if you would have told me anybody other than Yoke was going to be king of the game after that first quarter, I would have been like, no chance, no <laughs> chance. But Jamal Murray, man, he was he was better in the fourth than Jokic was in the first, which is kind of crazy to say. But let's take our first break. On the other side, Compazzo, Hartenstein. Uh, Monte Morris and Jamichael Green. We need to talk more about Jamichael Green and just his role on the team. I'll do this ad read. Uh, Kale, let's let's roll that Zoom care ad first, buddy. You got him there. You got him there.
So what exactly is video care? Well, video care is like a trip to Zoom care, just from your couch. You can see, hear, and chat with your doctor, just like a traditional in-office visit. Get secure access to urgent primary and specialist care, including mental health. It's all from the comfort of your own home. Video care is covered by most private insurers, usually with a copay. Head to zoomcare.com video to get started. Let's talk about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. When we're talking beer, we're talking Breck Brew, we're talking to you about the Mile High City Copper Lager, the official Denver Nuggets-themed Breckenridge Brewery beer. It's delicious. It's drinkable. They go down easy when you're watching the Nugs win or lose. Doing the latter a little too much lately. But make sure you check out the Mile High City <laughs> Copper Lager if you don't know where to do it. Punch it into the Breck Beer Locator. Tell them what flavor you're looking for. Tell them where you live. They'll tell you where to find it down to the nearest tenth of a mile. And uh, we can talk about more than beer now, guys. We can also talk about seltzers. Boozies. Breck is finally introducing their seltzer line, and it comes in a beautiful Jokic's 15-pack, baby. They got apple, pear, cherry, peach, berry, honeydew. I've tried them all now, guys. I have to say they're all winners. I actually mean that. They're delicious. It's going to change the seltzer game. Uh, head, to Brick, head to the Breck Beer Locator, see where the closest 15-pack is, and uh, pick one up. All right, back here on uh, the... One more. Oh, you got another one. That's right. Uh, time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturns is an education that allows you to adapt. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. Nothing's more important right now than not really having to choose uh, to being able to prioritize your safety, your convenience, doing things from home, but still keeping those gears turning because a lot of you... you the world didn't stop turning. You still need your education. So check out MSU Denver Online. It's the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors to bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. Some of our very own staff members at DNVR have taken classes there before. Check out MSU Denver Online. Don't choose. Put that dynamic education at your fingertips now. Can I go now? Can I Whenever you're ready, into buddy. The, into the loser's lounge. Whenever you're ready. Back here in the DNVR Nuggets Losers Lounge, um, again presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So let's talk now. I guess I'll I'll round out our conversation with the starters. We were clamoring for Jamichael Green to start for a long time, and this is just one game of him starting here. But it's also and and Denver got off to a great start early on, but it is a sort of the last like if we take a step back and look at the last seven eight games. He's been in a little bit of a slump, and those maybe we're just being. you know, it's we're soured on the fact that he was in there for those two fouls and committed those two fouls. But what is the state of Jamichael Green right now, Dev? Before even coming into the game, I think that he has been in a funk. He just hasn't been doing the same things um, that we had seen from him earlier in the season, like just bringing that energy and that calmness to that second unit. Um, when he's doing well and when when he's calm, the second unit is calm, and we just haven't seen the second unit win games or. Or, yeah. or do great in games, so we can't be high on uh, Jamichael Green. But I mean, this was a game that he came in and he was he was good on the defensive end until like late game execution. He uh, he controlled the paint. It seemed like he was the aggressor with Paul Millsap out because I mean he he was the one that was stepping over and help side. He comes around with four blocks um, in the game. He hit a, a few uh, good shots, big shots in the game. But I mean that that late game execution from him was just it, it was brutal. Like. Two plays in a row. Um, I, I know he's feeling down right now. We actually might be looking at this as a nice little bounce back game from him without those plays. Uh, yeah, he had to, three or four that. from the field, two or three from deep, ten rebounds, two offensive boards, two assists, four blocks to Dev's point. He had some good moments. He was actually that solid rock, but commits five personal fouls. Three of them are one's an and one. It's a dumb foul. He wraps up a guy. I think it's Lopez who already has position. Yep. Then he fouls Bertans and, of course, the foul on Beal. And those really, really stand out. He's also the last guy back that gets beat at that play at the end of halftime when Alex Len catches the Hail Mary and dunks it. So mental mistakes mar an otherwise pretty solid performance from Jamichael. And uh, you just hope he doesn't get too in his head about that. It also maybe messes with the bench a little bit in the, in the rotation. Of course, we saw Hartenstein tonight. You know, he hadn't necessarily been a mainstay for the last little bit, but you go with him. And you run basically five guards off there. Najee played a little bit, you know, as well. He gets 13 minutes in here, Hartenstein 10. But a lot of the minutes with that second unit were one big, four littles, right. you know, four perimeter players. Right. So, um, you know, that was interesting. But if we go to Hartenstein tonight, he only got two, 10 minutes. He does go four or five and gets eight points, one rebound and an assist. What did, what did you see from him tonight, Vote? I'm sorry, I was just checking. Hartenstein. Hartenstein. You know, it wasn't terrible, four or five from the field, but it just, uh, it, he, 
always looks a little out of control, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. Just like a trying very hard and, and maybe thinking or in control of his body, uh, you know, a step behind that. Three personal fouls tonight, but four or five from the field. I mean, he wasn't the low light of the bench, I thought. We early on, he was another one that was like a first half, second half, because early yes. on, I thought he was great, like mm-hmm. phenomenal. In fact, we even got a DNVR Nuggets tweet out of it uh, with him kind of rolling. Second, second stint, not so great at all. And again, to your point, you know, if you look at the free throw discrepancy tonight, Denver Nuggets take 18, the Washington Wizards take 34, almost t- twice as many. And a lot of this, again, I talk about it all the time, but so much of this is about picking up really dumb fouls early that don't necessarily punish the individual player that put them, especially when it's a second unit. But you get a team in the bonus, and then they, it, it's right. so hard. A team's offensive efficiency, points per possession, goes up a lot, like 20 30% when, you, when the defense is forced to play in the, in, in the bonus. The, the wild thing about the bonus part is it didn't start until the second quarter. In the first quarter, the Wizards did not shoot a single free throw. Really? And then just wow. when the second unit came into the game is when the fouls started. And yeah. from there, it opened up the floodgates. Um, Hartenstein really did start this game off pretty well. He gave great energy. He scored tough shots at the rim. Like, he was he, he was a paint beast because um, the the – Sorry, the Wizards yeah. didn't have the the, the, the yeah. size to match him, and he looked like he was going to be off to a good game. Right. And then that's when they went on their run, and then it was just a little bit too much for them. And then they tried to put in the starters, but the floodgates was already open. He was the other guy that fouled Bertans in a three as well. It was a bit yeah. of a touch foul. Man, yeah, he does get some tough yeah, calls. But again, you can't. that would be one to challenge. It's three right. points. Right. Although it would probably also be side out of bounds for, for the Wizards there. But... Um, Zeke Naji tonight does knock down a three. I thought he had a good – one thing I'll say on Hartenstein real quick that's just a basketball takeaway. He plays really hard, and I actually like how quickly he releases off of screens, and especially off of the catch. So when he short rolls, he did this tonight, I think two different times. When he catches it on the short roll, it's a quick go so that when the defense yeah. has to show and recover, like he's really, really good at exploding out of that for a bucket, and it, and it really paid off in, in this one. Not only does it pay off with points – but when you do that, and he doesn't have a reputation yet because he hasn't played enough, but when you do that over and over and you start to play more and more minutes, it actually affects the way the defense rotates mm. because it puts more pressure on the rim. So he do- there are some little micro things that he does in this game. Zeke Naji goes one of three from the three-point line, and I actually it really stood out to me. This was all early, but it stood out to me because he took two threes and goes 0 of two, and he had a bad shooting night the other night. He gets the, his third one, and they all came in rhythm. And you know sometimes, if you're, you know, the dev, you're playing – and you miss two shots and they came in a row, and then you get a third one, but it's like right on the heels of the other two. You're kind of like, well, I just missed two, and I don't want to be the ball hog. He had that, but it was it was the right play was to shoot it no matter what, and he did, and he knocked it down. And you want to see that type of aggression, especially from a rookie who's, yep. you know, like everything about him is saying that Zeke Naji is a shooter. Right. So the defense still has to respect you because they know you as a shooter. They don't know you as anything else, and you keep shooting. Like you said, after you take two shots, especially with the the group that you have in around you, you're like, okay, I'm not going to shoot this no matter what. Like, because yeah. like the defense has already started collapsing. I missed two in a row. <coughs> what is everyone going to think right. if I miss this next one? He did not miss the next one. He shoots it and shows that regardless if I'm having a good night or a bad night, I'm going to take open shots. I think it actually speaks to a player's approach when they're able to do that because – there's just this like if, people are just wired differently with how they approach basketball and I think Jokic is the ultimate example of this it's beyond ego it's beyond all that stuff he's just like what is the best thing to happen in this possession right. does it involve me does it not and I think Zeke has a lot of that in him as well where it's just like well the right thing is for me to shoot I don't care the emotional aspect of it is almost removed he's just that's why I call his shot mechanical I think he plays a very mechanical game of like this is the best place for me to be this is the best thing this is the best shot this is not my shot you know just it's very mechanical with him. Room for growth for Zeke, though. We haven't seen that rebounding yet a, yeah. a ton, which was supposed to be one of the most ready-to-go sort of skill sets that he had. And maybe one of my bigger issues with the bench tonight, Monte Morris leads that group in rebounding with Ooh, three. So that's three that combined between Zeke and Hartenstein. And obviously, that's not good enough. I mean, the way that that happens is one team does not miss. Oh, that is true. All. That's, that's a good actually point, a great Dave. point. So, like, the only time that it came was, you know, on push-outs or just, like, scramble plays but the Wizards were not missing when that group was in the game it's a great point man it's a really great point 
Um, we keep going down the list here, Compazzo. I, you know, I actually think it's funny, Compazzo. I see him in the comments getting killed by some people. Like, I think Compazzo was fantastic tonight. He was a minus uh, a minus seven tonight, but he goes five of seven from the field, including two of four. Number one, he's as much of a gamer as Jokic or Murray is, in my opinion. Like, he's just shown that he. When his back's against the wall, his best is there, and he's just like a refuse-to-lose type player. I like his defense. I like his decision-making. I'm I, Composo, to me, so clearly a guy that I want to keep in the rotation going forward. Even when you think start to think back about everybody coming back, P.J. Dozier coming back, I think, for me, Composo, I, I prefer him in the rotation. I don't know who gets cut out, but I prefer him in the rotation for sure. When Malone looks back at this game, especially that last play of the game, because that's the one that you're going to keep thinking about, Faku made two great reads yeah. to push Westbrook off. He switches over, and then it, yeah. it, it's forced into Berton's uh, hands for him to take the three. Faku is a high IQ player that just understands where to be, and he knows how to do it. And what we've been seeing lately is just him being way more comfortable. He looks great with the ball in his hands. Um, he's making things happen around him. And, and there's no way that you look at a game like this and think Faku was like one of the negatives of the game. I don't right. care what the plus minus says. In that stretch of the second quarter, there were moments where the Wizards were very content to post him up. Eventually, Denver sent help. The rotations were not crisp at any point right. tonight, and and that was part of it. But to reduce everything that went wrong in that second quarter to Composo is a bit much, and, and I think... I don't know. I mean, maybe I have to rewatch this game, but to me, he was very clearly a positive player tonight. Well, sometimes we make the game too complicated, because let me, let me ask you this here. Monte Morris has been on this team for a while. He's a veteran, right? Zeke Naji, Isaiah Hartenstein, Compazzo, and a little bit of RJ Hampton, that was your bench unit. All of those guys are new to Denver. All of those guys are new to each other. All of those guys are new to Malone's defensive principles and, and rotations or whatever. So is this – are we overcomplicating this to just say today, for whatever reason, they tried to play too many new guys together? I mean, they kind of had to, but do you think that – because to your point, second quarter, third quarter, there we were talking about this. Like, how is Denver this bad at rotating? Well, rotating is, in addition to execution, it's also chemistry. It's also defensive chemistry. I mean, also with that unit, and and what I've been a big proponent on is I don't understand why people are upset about Barton or Michael Porter Jr. So in that funny. second unit because you have to have a guy that's willing to take the shots. You have to have a guy that's going to like put pressure on the defense who's going to score in that second unit the Wizards scored a, a shit ton of points but guess who didn't the Nuggets didn't because they didn't even have a guy that could score you have these rookies who are all trying to feed off of each other and all trying to make all of these hustle plays in that unit but nobody can score the basketball so now you're starting to force things or you're you're starting to just like defer to everyone else and you don't have a guy so this was a night that you've seen that you need someone in that second unit that could put the ball in the basket or it's just going to be a lot of just hustle plays that's not going to amount to anything i mean it is you know nuggets are i think now one and two without barton and the two losses are to teams you know boston that game could have gone either way and then not tonight washington and you're like yeah that that is but this is another thing this is another theme of the keeping it 1000 podcast with george carl which is still pertinent if you haven't listened to it you're not a real nuggets fan who would not want to listen to wow one, i'm serious you're not one of, one of the most iconic coaches in nuggets history speaking about the denver nuggets like it's great it's great stuff but one of the themes that he's really sold me on is just how important veterans are and also chemistry and guys just know each other and denver brought in seven new pieces this year that's a lot Teams can bring in seven new players, but like most of them, you know, you're not considering this or that. Denver had meaningful players tonight that had to play minutes. Jermichael Green, Zeke Naji, Isaiah Hartstein, Compazzo, RJ Hampton. That's five out of ten guys that played minutes tonight that are new to this team, and I really do wonder if that's part of it. And when people hit me up on, on social all the time with trades, who are the two guys that are traded the most? Gary and Barton. Gary and Barton. And you think like you watch a game like this and you're like, yeah, sometimes it is this guy's better and that's it's more talent and everything rises and maybe there is a rip the band-aid off sort of moment Denver's headed to with those two guys in particular. But this season, it's also another thing where it's like you watch a game like this and you go, This team is not doesn't have chemistry built yet. Or just enough guys. Like yeah. you just two games in a row where you go, All right, well that's one too many fringe rotation caliber players. And right. yeah, you I mean look, Barton struggled at times this year, but you're looking around at that unit in the second quarter going, anyone have anything here? A little something? And it might have been nice to have throw. RJ Hampton was cut out of the rotation in the first half. Put in again, it was very clearly a, like, well, let me just see if this guy has energy. 
Good move or not uh, not a good move in your opinion, Dev? I mean, you saw some 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 good plays um, and things that were popping. Like he's just everywhere on the court. But also, I think that Malone looked at that second unit and was like, I need to put someone in there or even stagger where I have a starter with this group because somebody has to score. I don't yeah. I don't know what I can do if I put a full um, hockey lineup in of uh, uh, five guys that don't know what to do or they can't score. Right. There's nothing for me to do. I think that he kind of just got lost in translation of trying to find some type of scoring or or putting Jamal and Jokic with that second unit that it was like, okay, I have to take somebody out. That's the guy that you would have to take out with that group. Yeah. Any R.J. Hampton takes from tonight? Uh, I agree with everything Dev said. <laughs> nice, nice, nicely done. He did knock down a three tonight. I still, I, rem- I still like R.J. I think. When Dozier's back, I would be surprised if Arche gets into a game. I mean, on a game like tonight, I think Dozier is clearly right. the guy that gets that call right, above right. an RJ Hampton, and that's okay. Again, there'll be more opportunities. Um, hey, you know, I, I think you can look at the at the this time though, and and say, "Well done, RJ. Your approach was admirable." I think during these games, and the next time an opportunity comes around, you've worked your way into the outer layer of Malone's circle of and trust. It, yeah, and sure. it'll be in 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 Malone's head. It's like, right, right. okay. This game is going slow. Nobody's playing hard. Nobody's diving on the floor. What can I do? Oh, I have two guys at the be- uh, at the end of the bench and Faku and and also RJ that I know is going to bring energy and they're going to play hard no matter what. Let's put them in at times, even though they like they're not going to be in the lineup. They're going to be like part of the let's start something type of group. Man, doing a losers lounge with some like screamo behind you is like. It doesn't feel like it always happens when they lose. Somebody know, puts on like, like metal at the DMV bar. I feel DMV like I'm on bar. edge. The it's comments like are yelling at me. Right now. It's like know. pretty empty, pretty uh, dead. Uh, it does feel like the comment. This is what music would sound like yeah, exactly. if the comment section was the music. Just, <laughs> you guys suck. I am sorry about Jamichael Green. <laughs> <laughs> What else do we take away from this game? I, I, I do I did feel like Jokic, you know, last game I thought he ran out of steam. I don't think it was that, but I do think Jokic's frustration showed more and more as yeah, the game went I on, so. and he looked in a way that I think hurt him. We haven't seen a lot of that this year, but I thought this was a game where he started to play a little worse as he was getting more and more frustrated. I think so. I also think a little bit of credit here to Robin Lopez and Alex Len who played much better defense in those second and third quarters. They just did. Um, but to your point, Adam, I agree. I thought you saw it sort of permeate his facial expressions, his body language a little bit. Um, Jokic just done such a great job uh, of stuffing this stuff down. And I don't think anyone would blame him for starting to feel it. Uh, we saw it a little bit tonight, though, for sure. I mean, I think that he's just such a competitor that yes, he wants yeah. to win every single time. Yeah, He sees a team like the Wizards, and he's like, this team is not us. This is not what we are. So... I think that he's just really frustrated about the moments. I don't think that he's like trying to go at certain people or, or, or call people out, but it's just kind of a, a leadership quality of, hey, this, like, this is us, and, and I'm bringing it every night. Why, why aren't you guys? Yeah. Let's take our final break. Harrison Wind is wrapping up. Jamal Murray speaking now, um, and then he, when he's done, he'll come over here and share us. And I'm curious, really curious to hear what everybody said today in the uh, post-game commentary because this has got to be one of the more frustrating losses of the entire season. Well, I'm sure you've heard us talk about it by now many times, Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, if you haven't tried it, you can subscribe now and save 20% with the Strava Craft Coffee subscription. A bunch of you have already taken advantage of the one-time code. Uh, now you can save 20% off your favorite coffee forever. You'll never have to put your credit card info again uh so dnvr20 either gets you 20 percent off your first order off every single shipment of the subscription service which sends that to you every two three four six or eight weeks you get to choose you also choose what flavor what dosage uh finally if you're still not sure what is strava craft coffee what's well, the cbd infused coffee so you can you can get your morning jolt without all that anxiety uh some people have reported some some alleviated uh ibs joint pain all that good stuff i i use strava it's a genuine a uh, sell job for me. I think it's done wonders for me in the morning. So check out Strava Craft Coffee. Use code DNVR20 to save 20%. And now it is time to stall. Where are you going? Uh, this is both oh, playlist. That's right. <laughs> it's not quite time for the madness <laughs> that is called. I'll just scream this whole week. Yeah, just do it. In not the quite time mode. for the madness that is college basketball in March, <laughs> but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer, a single three-pointer in any basketball game this week, and if your team makes it rain, you cash one hundred. 
dollars. Might I suggest the Washington Wizards, so long as Davis Bertans is playing. That's right. All it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Does that sound like a no-brainer? That's because it is a no-brainer. This slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever, so head to the App Store now, download DraftKings Sportsbook, and get in on all of the action. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays, and you know that this is safe reliable and they're not messing around with your money so download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code dnvr to get your shot to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week that's promo code dnvr for new customers one shot 101 odds on any basketball game any basketball team to hit a three-point shot must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only restrictions apply winnings paid out for 25 dollars free bets see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gaming problem call 1-800-522-4700 that's 1-800-522-4700 <laughs> Whew. People are so grouchy after a while. Even my guy Tron Seven NJ, long time. Me Love too. I, I, on the last foul, I said that I hate the call more than anything, but that I don't think refs would overturn it. And he's like, "What? Don't carry water for a poor and poor." I'm gonna carry water for it. It's like my least favorite call. I hate it, but it is a call that they would upheld. That's that was my only point. Like, You're talking about the Bertans one, the Bertans or the, one, or the, the Beal, the Bertans one. Yeah, the, I think. Personally, I think both, like I said, if challenged, we'll see the last two-minute report. I don't think either one's going to be overturned. or, or I mean, Agreed. I think they're both going to say good call or what do they say? Correct correct call. CC, correct C call. C C correct. CC. They make it so hard. CNC, CC, it's a GG, it's a CFI, whatever. But um, <laughs> the second one, I think, is no question. Like If you look at the angle, Jermichael Green jumps like three feet, four feet forward. I mean, it's just, The Beal one, yeah. He jumps too early, too. He jumps too early. Um, Harrison, I'm so curious with this post-game commentary. Um, <laughs> on the Malone scale of anger, we used to have the Malanger scale, and yeah. I can't remember what, what the hottest level of was, but where, where was he? Wasn't the hottest. Wasn't the hottest. Wasn't the hottest. Not close, even. Not even close. Yeah, not even close. I thought he was going to be hotter than he was. Okay. I'd say he was uh, a three. Out of three and a half out of five. Is okay. that what the scale is? I have out no of? idea. Could have been, <laughs> yeah, we'll go three. All right, three and a half. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the last play. Malone kind of stood up for Jamichael Green in the postgame. He, sure. he said he thought he was vertical on the last play. Uh, he thought there was an illegal screen on that play to free Beal that didn't get called. Um, as well, he said, quote, I thought Jamichael Green played good legal defense. He didn't say anything about the. Uh, Bradley Beal or the um, Davis Bertans three-point foul. Oh, so he's talking about the last one. Or yeah, he's talking yeah. about mm. uh, the Beal drive and Jamichael Green jumps to contest the Sucks so bad for the game to end that way. It's like the most dissatisfying. I, I don't even want to talk about whether or but not it's, it's a foul like, or a technicality. But like if you're a ref in that spot and Jamichael Green jumps like two full seconds early and lands on him, like, I don't yeah. know, can you swallow your whistle yeah, in that no, moment? It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, so, yeah, Malone stood up for him there. He was asked about I think he was asked about the free throw discrepancy, 34 to 18. Yeah. Uh, the Wizards outshot the Nuggets from the line. Uh, he said he wasn't going to comment on the free throws, but it had nothing to do with attacking the rim. So read. Meaning uh, Denver was attacking the rim and not he, getting calls. I think that's his way of not saying that. Yeah, the yeah. Read, read between bad. the lines. Will not get well. paid very much? You just want him to go off his deal? He just will never get a fine. And, like, I don't blame Maybe he's not paid. Coach salaries are not. Fair. It, if Facundo Composito gets a raw <laughs> enough deal, it was going to be so funny when his first ever fine We're for criticizing the official is like <laughs> yeah. a meaningless Composito. Right, he's got to put two kids through college. He's yeah. Cronkies need to pay a little uh, more for the coaches, so they give. They need to have like a little po a pot. Yeah, uh, like here, we're giving you pot. five million a year plus. <laughs> Two hundred fifty thousand for fines. You get up to five fines yeah. per year. You yeah. got to use them however you need. But if they carried over, he'd be up to like over a mil. He's in, just not using money. them. That's what's happening. The NBA can really like out. fine start fine or the Nuggets can start fining Malone if he doesn't use his uh, fine money. They need to give a fine budget. That's all I'm saying. Jokic, I'm with you. Jokic has like and blood hey, coming out of like Kronkies every armpit. Famous for just throwing money around. Yeah, that's so true. So. <laughs> you imagine the meeting when uh, Tim Conley goes into Stan's office. It's like, uh, I need uh, some more money for the budget. 500K it's a, uh, for a fine. It's for a fine. Yeah. He's like, no, that's on, your, that's on <laughs> you. Still trying to get the team on TV, but uh, <laughs> that's on the priority. Kronkies taking some strays. Jeez, jeez. <laughs> Are they strays, though? Well, they're not really strays. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Dallas Bertans, 35 points, 9 of 11 from the three point line. Malone said he thought. We had awful, awful game plan discipline on Davis Bertans. We had awful, awful KYP yeah. on Davis Bertans tonight. And 
I asked Jamal about what they needed to do better on Bertans as well, and he was like, he took 11 shots. They were all threes. They were 11 threes. We've got to stay connected to him. We know what he's going to do. Yeah, like, shoot a three. It shouldn't be that complicated. we got to be more physical. And uh, he also said we just gave him way too many open, open looks throughout the night. Yeah. Man, so he was calm. Calm in this one. Like, on the calmer side. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a four or five. I think that's the scale. Nuggets, five wins in a row, three losses in a row, three wins in a row, two losses in a row. I mean, Hell this yeah. is a little bit of a... You know what we should do? Fibonacci Full here. referendum after every game. Every every That's game. That's what we do. <laughs> who right? do we trade? Who do we yeah, keep? Who do, actually, who just cut? I mean, just there's a handful em. of these guys. I would rather just. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it could be a yeah. long season, though. <laughs> even if it goes well. What else we got here? Well, MPJ's kind of big picture quote about the state of the team. If there's any worries, like within the locker room, he said, "We're not worried, but we definitely need to have a more of a sense of urgency." We gotta look ourselves in the mirror every day. Some days we play really well, really good, and then we're a different team the next day. So that was his kind of big picture thought hmm. on the state of the team. I don't really have any comments on that. He's not Honestly, wrong. guys, I don't have a lot of stuff tonight. Um, right, I saw a Jamal Murray quote. Um, someone just added us and asked why D-line looks so much like Dev tonight. <laughs> uh, did Jamal Murray say something about not being worried, Harrison? Did you catch that? Yeah. Oh, it was kind of a similar question to the one posed to MPJ. Just mm. like, what's the worry level? <laughs> he was like, you guys are worried? Who's worried? You guys are worried? And then he said, uh, I'm not supposed to be concerned. I'm supposed to just play basketball. We're just playing basketball. I'm yeah. not supposed to be? Yeah. Not mm. supposed all to right. be concerned. I'm just supposed to play basketball. I don't know what that means, but all right. <laughs> I don't either. Um, Let's see here. <laughs> like our Jamal's quotes are always like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. Really <laughs> candid one way or another. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. But the thing about Jamal's comments are, it's when he plays well, he has the comments. Uh, I so know, dude. True, he's feeling spicy. Anything cool he gets so spicy. different man. when they lose. It's so, so true. true. But when he plays well, it's like a... Yeah. What I tell you guys? Yeah, it's so <laughs> true. Dude. Nothing. He you didn't tell us it. anything. Uh, <laughs> he does love it. So funny. MPJ had some good stuff about his shot. Um, <clears throat> I asked him just what seeing a couple threes go down does for his confidence, and if he just has to keep shooting himself out of this slump. Uh, he, he said he's just going to keep shooting. It won't stay like that for long. And then he also said there were some small mechanical things that he noticed in his jumper. Just who from is this? Michael Porter Jr. Oh wow. Um, I guess just from looking at film and just kind of reviewing stuff, uh, he said his balance, uh, the arch on his shot, that's some of the things he's trying to work through right now. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Anything else from this, this post game here? It doesn't sound this yeah. sounds like a little bit of a dud one. I mean, the impression I'm getting here, and I always go back and watch these to like kind of get a sense of them for myself, but it sounds a little bit like the team is just kind of a hands in the air, like, there's nothing to talk about. We just aren't that great right now, and I don't, you know, got to just keep chopping wood, I guess. Right. Like, we just didn't show up in the second quarter. Yeah. Right. Screwed ourselves. And it's true, and man. Like, it's, back. in life, it's the same as in sports. You always can't, like, just articulate or put your finger on what exactly is wrong. Like, why? You know? I, I mean, if I were an athlete, I would have a hard time not sometimes just, hey, like, we just need to play better. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. not like, do this differently, or this guy should have played. Like, we just didn't step up tonight. Yeah. But that's not anything fans want to hear, so. Um, hmm. I I will say this is like small consolation. I don't. Want, I'm not trying to do the orange slice thing here, but I do think that this was a step forward for Michael Porter. I still think you know the game is like a an, an up and mixed grade, you know. But um, compare it to last game. I, I just think his approach was meaningfully better in this one. He did some meaningfully better things. He did some bad things still, but you know, it, it's a nice. It was a nice bounce back for him, if not a good one. Not even only MPJ. Jamal Murray also. Yes. Like This yeah. was a game that Michael Porter Jr. like played into some minutes that he wouldn't have got later. I mean, earlier in the season because he didn't make the de defensive plays or he wasn't trusted enough to like be on the court for the last shot. So that's like for sure a positive. And then Jamal Murray, like we, we got to see like emotion out of him that we haven't got to see all year long. He's making big shots. He's scoring at will. He's doing everything that he has in the game. And there was not a time at, in the game that I was like, you know, he's laboring or he's tired or he's anything. Like, he didn't look hurt at all because he's making shots, and, and that's the Jamal that you want to see. Nuggets now fall to seventh in the, in the Western Conference. 
The Portland Trailblazers, by the way, 18 and 10. They get a win tonight behind Damian Lillard, 43 43 points. and 16. Now I think you get the game winner. Three, three full spots now ahead of the Nuggets, that Portland Trailblazers team, and for the four seed. So I think we all keep looking at that four seed because the one, two, three looks. There's separation there. There's a lot of separation there. So you keep looking at that four, thinking, I mean, when we ask where's Denver rank in the league, we think in the Western Conference they are at the top of that next tier. But. Um, you know, Portland continues to find ways to win. It feels like Denver continues to find ways to lose. Uh, you know, up like this, but but when they lose, it's almost like they're finding ways to lose. Tonight it was a 46-point second quarter. Yeah, I mean, look, you got two more games on this road trip, the Cavs and the Hawks, two teams that the Nuggets are better than. Yeah. But you can't sit here and say right now that Denver's going to go 2-0 and over that yeah. stretch by <laughs> no, any means. No, you cannot. I mean, could they blow out the Cavs tomorrow? Sure, or, or in two days, sure, you know, sure. But then, could they also follow that up and lose to the Hawks? Sure, and they could lose to the Cavs. I mean, we'll find out. Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see where this Nuggets team goes this season. Man, it's such a test. It's such a test of the Denver Nuggets. It's a test of everybody, the audience as well. Um, my mentions. It's a test of the mentions. It's a test of everything. But you know, Nuggets don't get it done in this one. Um, I guess we'll just be back on, on Friday yeah, night. They Never. might get it done the next time, Adam. They might get it done. They we'll can start see. a new streak. I mean, it really is. We talk about Cavs. It's a winnable game. You got Hawks, another winnable one. If you want to close on on two positive notes, and we've hit them both, but I, MPGA's process was better tonight, and you get – you. I think we all feel this way, but you see Jamal Murray do that one more time. You see it with your two eyes, and you go, that's right. That's not conceptual. It's not hypothetical. That's who he can be. That's who I think he will be when it matters. This is – this is highly encouraging from the Jamal Murray perspective. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I thought this was big from Jamal Murray tonight. I mean, that was a bubble Murray performance. Yeah, 21 of the four. shots that's down the stretch. Was. And what was awesome is, if you ever watched Jamal Murray's pregame warm-up, like he practices that, shot. that yep. logo shot. He sure does. Before every single he game. He sure does. And he hit it. And he hit it for sure. All right. Thanks for riding with us, guys, in the Losers Lounge. Losers Lounge is for the real ones. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow. Don't forget to check out the DNVR Nuggets podcast. We had Zeke Naji. If you're late, if you're behind on pod- podcasts, Zeke Naji was on the show. Uh, you can check out the Keeping It 1000 podcast. And then, of course, all the other podcasts throughout the week. I'll be doing a solo one tomorrow, uh, breaking down some of the notes, detailed notes from this game. We'll see everybody on Friday. See you. Before we get out of here, I want to remind you about Strava Craft Coffee, the Colorado Coffee Company that has CBD infused right into their product. Uh, CBD can be a great, uh, provide some great benefits, very calming, relaxing sensation, also helps with IBS, back pain, joint pain, arthritis, a whole host of different things. And then best of all, they've got a subscription service. They'll deliver it right to your door. If you use the promo code DNVR20, you can get a free, uh, or you can, uh, get 20% off your first time order or sign up for their subscription, get 20% off every time you order. Just put in how much you like, they'll send it to you straight to your door every single month, never have to worry about coffee. Check them out, StravaCraft Coffee.